Hello and welcome to the latest bonus episode of The Dive Down, a Magic the Gathering podcast focused on the latest decks, trends, and strategies for the casual spike. My name is Stanislav here in Chicago, and with me on the line from the outskirts of Chicago, technically still the Midwest, it's the godfather, Dave Harbarger. Hi everybody, thanks for joining us. And also joining us today, we have a very special guest. My new best friend. Uh, we met in Las Vegas, and we've basically been inseparable ever since. It's the one and only Caroline Kavanaugh. Hello. Hi, Caroline. How are you? Good. I was laughing about our new friend status. That's exciting. It is. You know, I'm at that age where it's so hard to make friends when you're an adult. It's just so like difficult. people you meet at the daycare lobby. Yeah, the, the hardest part for me is that I was Stan's new best friend until he said that sentence, and now and I don't know what happened to our best friend status. But do we need to cut or break or like just chill for a little bit? I I might need to step step away from the uh, the record for a minute. I'll still edit this though, of course. But okay. Caroline, you seem really nice though, so I'm I'm okay losing that status okay. for for now. I'm Canadian, yeah. so I think it's like required that I'm nice. So I'm not sure. How many Canadians have we had on the show now? Oh, you have a Canadian counter. Yeah, so we've had uh, it's at least two. Yeah, we've had Mana Symbol on. We might have a Canadian resident on soon. True. But, what is? But, oh, like someone who's just currently in Canada. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Well, I I aspire to currently be in the U.S., so we can switch places. It's a one for one deal. I've heard immigration's really down with that. If you just well, find I someone find a who partner, wants to, I would just be like, hey, let's swap spots. Yeah. I'd be so in. Exactly. Caroline, thank you so much for joining us for this bonus episode. We're going to talk all about your work with the VML, your resume and history in Magic and Modern in particular. But before we embark on all of the nitty gritty, we like to kick off these bonus questions with a little something that we like to call Inside the Grinders Studio. <laughs> and what we have here are five... It's an awkwardly named segment, I know. It's a really awkwardly named segment. <laughs> I was like, you can't see my face right now. <laughs> you know, we just liked that show a lot. And the first bonus episode that we did, we were like, we should just ask this people the same question every time. And then I was like, it's just like James Lipton. So. I think the problem is if I didn't know that was a show. Right. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, sure, whatever. Well, I, I mean, like it's, the it's branding, from, personally. Yeah, it's from our previous podcast about being butchers. It's a totally other thing. <laughs> that It just works. Right. So what we have for you are five lightning round questions that you can answer in as few or as many words as you like. One word answers are welcome. Sentences are also welcome. And my favorite place to start, as always, is what's your favorite Magic the Gathering card? Okay, this one's, I think, fairly well known, but my favorite magic card is a Boreal Grazer, but I call it Slothers. Yes. Uh, and my life's mission, just so you know, is to get it errated to be a sloth. <laughs> so just, just FYI, it's something I've been working on. There are currently three sloths, in quotation, in magic, but they're all beasts. So mm -hmm. I, I have a letter writing campaign, you know, I've hired some people to help me. So, you know, it's a, it's a progress. Process? Process. <laughs> That's great. Uh, Stan recently told me uh, when we were reading a deck list on a show that we didn't need to stop and talk about Arborio Grazier in the list because he was like, that's not a great card. And I was like, it's a good card. Uh, it's a good wow. card, Stan. I, uh, I wish I had known that before I agreed to do this podcast. Or agreed to be his best friend. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. now then I don't know if I had as much of a choice in. Right. 
But what, um, yeah, it's a great card. It your favorite card? It's a sloth. <laughs> yeah. I my like emotes on my channel are sloths. Perfect. Sloths and moose. Meese. Oh, both both cute mammals. Yeah. That's for sure. What's your least favorite magic card? Island. <laughs> I think that's the first time we've gotten that as an answer, actually. But I know I know there's a large contingent of Magic the Gathering players who agree with that, that yep. that's their least favorite card. But um, it's the first time that anyone has been so honest and so bold. So I thank you for that. You're welcome. Do you have a favorite magic format? Yeah, so I wrote modern, and then I wrote the word mostly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because in general, uh, when I'm looking for something to play, I do drift towards modern I, I actually own modern decks i don't own anything else in my life um but this is not my favorite current like modern horizons 2 block constructed interesting not, you know. um but it's fine i found a couple decks that i like and it's like okay um but I, it's definitely the format i return to the most which i think answers your question we will we will put it into the the permanent record thank you What's the biggest misplay that you remember in a game of Magic? This is a good one. It's the first thing I thought about. Um, I was just getting into Standard, um, you know, new ma new Magic player playing Standard. I was playing this Gruel uh, Domri Raid deck, the classic, like, Theros Standard. And uh, I was so excited. I, I love that deck. I probably still do love that deck. And... Uh, I remember I, I attacked with the Pelucranos. Everything was great. And then just second main phase. But like, aha, here's another one. And then I was sad. Oh. <laughs> That's, it, just, it just stood out to me as like a mistake, honestly, I've made since. But that was a big one for me. Can I understand that? Was that the deck that had... Um... Was that like the Gruel Monsters yeah. list from around that time? Yeah, yeah. That's that's also Shane, the other co the other co-host who's not here. That's one of his favorite decks from because that's around the same time that he got into Magic as well, and he loved 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 the old uh, Pelucranos into Stormbreath Dragon kind of kind of so moves. Fun. Yeah, so fun. It, Great and, cards. And he too has a second main phase misplay story. Actually, against a fellow Denver person, uh, Shane top aided. One of the first Magic tournaments he went to, he went to a PPTQ. Well, we're just going to talk about him while he's not here because it's a great story. But he um, he top-aided this tournament that we went to as a PPTQ, and he was playing that deck. He was playing Red Green Monsters, and everybody was watching him, and he was playing against Andrew Beckstrom, actually, <laughs> and completely, like, play he, like, went through his attack phase did his attacks and then played a storm breath dragon in his second attack phase that like would have been lethal if he had played it pre-attack instead and then Andrew beat him. And uh Andrew Beckstrom um of fame for being my roommate when I live in Denver. Oh, really? <laughs> wow. I did no, not no realize that. Fame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My roommate. So your Full roommate circle. ask him if he ask him if he remembers the guy who misplayed Stormbreath Dragon against I'm, him sometime. I'm literally going to write it down right now. <laughs> it's funny. Also calling him Andrew Beckstrom is hard. That's a tough life for me. His name is BK. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> we're, yes. We're not uh, we're, we're not on a BK on basis status. with him. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. I'll hook you up. We're best friends now, so best friend by degree of separation. Perfect. Yeah. Let him know that I listen to every episode of Constructed Resources. Just just for his well, poignant not. takes. His, his ego might get too big. We'll <laughs> Good to know. All right. Last question. What's your favorite piece of magic slang? I, I had a snap answer for this one, too. I was pretty excited. Um, So the word Dobbs, which I, I don't know if you're going to rules lawyer me that's not quite a magic slang. 
but it comes up a lot in magic. <laughs> um, and I like it so much that I have accidentally been using it at work. Uh, and the word accident, I use it a lot. <laughs> and then people would call me out and they'd be like, Caroline, what the heck are you trying to accomplish? And then, and then I would explain it. And now we all use it. So I think Dobbs is the perfect one. So I got to tell you, yeah, you're going to have to explain this one to us because I don't think I've ever heard it before. Dobbs? Yeah. Uh-oh. I, I, I think it, it's a, it has a variety of meanings, but I think it's mostly dead on board. Oh. <laughs> okay. But okay. I, think, I think it might have a, another combination. Now, now I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's literally just me that uses it. Um, okay. Well, Google did not help me. <laughs> I anyway. cer- you know, we certainly know the phrase "dead on board." I've ne- I've just never heard that the abbreviation for it, and I love oh, it. I yeah, I love it, it too. But I use it like in reference to be like, "Oh man, my bu- I'm gonna miss my bus. I'm Dobbs." Yeah. <laughs> like- mm-hmm. This PowerPoint is totally Dobbs. I'm gonna use it tomorrow when I'm doing presentation. Yeah. No. I, I love it. I I didn't realize it was not as common <laughs> as I may have thought. Good to know. Maybe it's a a, a mountain time phrase, a regional. <laughs> colloquialism and we know that there's a different dialect for the mountain wizards from the <laughs> the what what those swamp wizards i guess is what we are here in chicago all right so now i want to learn a little bit more about you and your background and to start i thought maybe it could be fun for dave's sake and our listeners if i very briefly recounted how you and i met and why it was such a memorable experience for me I don't know if it was as memorable for you. It was. We're best friends. Now we're best friends, of course. Oh, no, no, legit, legit it was. All right. So Caroline and I got paired up against one another at the main event in Las Vegas in the modern tournament. And I was like, oh, two. And I was like, well, now it's just sudden death mode. And I look at my pairings and I immediately recognize the name. And I'm like, well, okay, I guess I'm going home early. And we sit across from one another, and I think I said something friendly and polite. I hope I did. Yeah. We start playing, and it becomes immediately apparent that we're oh, yeah. we're playing a mirror match. And not p- just a mirror match, though. Right. Not just not just a mirror match. I mean, in game one, we were just playing all the exact same cards in the exact same order. Like like land into this like suspend, and it is is wild. Exactly. And I think the thing that really, really sealed the deal for me that I knew that this was a special connection was we were playing the same basic lands that are widely derided by most other magic players. But I guess you and I both well, love in earnest. Well, it was more it was more that I revealed my basic like it was I fetched or whatever. And I was like, oh, no, I guess this is where the connection ends because no, <laughs> I, I literally said out loud, I was like, nobody plays with these basics. By the way, we were like really <laughs> having a good time in a competitive yeah. tournament. But yeah. I'm like discussing my basic art. It's the black and white or like I don't know what what sets it from, I guess. It, it's the midnight hunt midnight hunt right. full art black and white lens, yeah. And I was like, well that's it. Relationship's over. And then you're like, just wait. <laughs> on your turn you just fetch the same island and I think I think I just lost my mind. Like I yeah. just ran away. I was like, oh my God. Yeah, those were good times. And and we both preferred the, the version of the basics that had that, like, little person on a cliff top. Yeah. I think, I was going to say Jace, but those aren't Jace lands. Who, I can't remember who's on those. But yeah, I, I, I completely know. agree. I, I always wanted the ones with the little person. Do you still play with those basics, Caroline? Oh, definitely. 
So a little bit about me. So um, my partner will sleep my deck for me. Mm-hmm. And he'll always leave extra sleeps at the end. And they're for my basics. Because he can't bring himself... To, <laughs> <laughs> he can't bring himself to put in my basics that he knows I love. But he can at least leave me space by not providing his basics. So, I mean, that's support right there. Yep. Compromises the foundation of any strong relationship. True. So I'd love to hear how you first got into magic. I'm, I'm picking up that it was kind of not that long ago. If it was around original Theros standard. I mean, Stan, we're getting old. That's like seven or eight years ago now. I always say five years, but it's been like, it's probably like closer to ten now. It's getting close. It's getting pretty close. Wasn't um, wasn't the nineties just like last week? Also, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I started playing at Dragon's Maze. <laughs> Uh, Dragon's Maze pre-release, um, whenever that was. And my main motivation for playing was I, after college, university, I went out into the world. I did a bunch of random jobs, ski instructor, cruise ship entertainer, you know, whatever, all these fun things. And then I came back to Vancouver, Canada to, uh, I don't know, become an adult, whatever I told my mom. And I got a job at a local, uh, out of school care program, like a daycare for big kids. And while I was there, I was having two problems. One, I wanted to like, like, what are the kids into? What are they doing? And, and trading card, card games were a big hit all the way from Pokemon to, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh to, um, card fight Vanguard. I got into Mm -hmm. that at some point. Um, magic, not so much actually. And my other big problem was that I was new in town in quotations. Like it had been 10 years since I left high school. Um, I didn't really have a friend group anymore. And I was like, how do adults make friends? I still don't really know. Um, but I found a local store that had um, board game activities that turned into FNM and kind of the rest was kind of history from there. Like once I was like, oh, there's nerds here. Like that's how you make friends. And mm-hmm. um, up until that point, I was a not that social. And then I discovered like you can have a conversation with a magic player and you have a, a starting ground like you can start talking about your favorite island art for example mm-hmm. and it's not awkward but it's only so many times you can ask like your person at a bar like what the weather's like tomorrow like i don't i, I just enjoyed that i found a thing that i could enter into a conversation and know the results or like know how it was going to flow i don't know i like that anyway so that's why i started and then i continued i was very casual for the first like couple years but like very typical draft only than commander um and then i discovered like that you could buy certain magic cards like i (laughs) like it's so cliche but i was like wait there's stores that sell just one magic card like i could build a deck with the cards i want instead of just the ones i keep opening at draft um and then i discovered i could compete and kind of the rest is history my big like claim to fame is that I just love Grand Prix or what used to be Grand Prix um, and would just love to fly out, have no chance of ever being great at the game, but meet a million people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm pretty famous for never being able to leave a convention center hall without like delaying the group by like 20 minutes because I keep keep running into someone that I know. Never have dinner with me at the end of a Grand Prix. That's awesome. Well, I hope we get, uh, get Grand Prix back at some point. In the future, yeah, you know, crossed. yeah, or at least crossed. like whatever Vegas was, right? Yeah, you should check out the Nerd Rage Gaming Circuit here in the Midwest. It's trying to 
do something similar to the SCG circuit, RIP. Yeah. Um, we actually worked directly with Nerd Rage Gaming, spoilers for a future part of this call, <laughs> uh, with the VML. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, it's not currently feasible to be traveling for those events for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. But we'll see. Who knows what the future will bring. I think this is a great transition because I've been dying to talk to you about the VML and and really learn more about it because until we met in Vegas, I hadn't even heard about it. And, and my understanding is that you helped start it? Yeah. Um, so I was definitely involved from the very beginning with season one. Um, the kind of organizing was a little, you know, standard new thing. Um, and then at the end of season one, pretty classic problem I have is like, I'm like, oh, I noticed a bunch of things that I would like to change about this thing. But the only really good way to do that is to help do it myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, right. So I got fairly, um, I asked to be or tried to include myself to be fairly heavily involved in that. Um, and then really started pursuing and taking over in season three. That was kind of when we put players that the league was supporting, in this case, marginalized genders, forward as leadership as opposed to not players of marginalized genders. So that's kind of what we tried to do is like, hey, if this is a league for us, we should probably have a pretty big say in it. So kind of self-appointed co-chair somewhere around season two, season three. So the VML describes itself as a magic league for people of marginalized genders. Can you describe in your words, you know, what does it really set out to do and how does it empower various magic competitors? Uh, yeah. So the VML is, or is current in its current form, it plans, we always plan to grow. We're a 64 player league, 64 players because we do seven weeks of round robin play. So the best way to do that is eight groups of eight players and you play everyone in your division. So we're actually quite a long league. We take up to 10 weeks if you're if you're all the way to the finals. Usually standard, though we've dabbled in other formats. And we're open to everyone of marginalized genders, which is a relatively, you know, broad term. And if you're curious if you fit into that category, you can always reach out and ask us and kind of investigate. But that's kind of the best way we we do our best to be as inclusive as we can we want to provide like a competitive environment for the players of marginalized genders but we also want to be inclusive and have a safe space so we have a discord and we have this community that we kind of connect with and it's actually it's have you ever played in a in a league like over week by week by week by week i haven't actually maybe maybe arena a long time ago in the 90s you know but it it is a just a unique space that doesn't exist for for any player. And so for the VML to fill it, it's been really fun. One of the fun things is, I have a good example. So every week you submit a new deck list. There's a deadline, there's a website portal, all this stuff, and you know who you're playing. And more importantly, you also know who your opponent has played previous weeks and what decks they have played previous weeks. So this, the meta game of, a, of the VML each season is not your classic MTG melee, you know, what happened in this tournament event. It's built, you know, investigating to what your opponent played. Are they an aggro player? Are they a control player? And it also allows for opportunities where you can kind of trick your opponent or try and like switch and bait and, you know, just have a lot of fun. And so one of my favorite things about the community that we've built is I played a player this season in, I think, week four. 
and I won. And then in order for that player who I beat, because tiebreakers are heads up, heads up is one of the tiebreakers. Mm -hmm. They needed me to lose the following week. So they reached out to my opponent the following week and said, hey, I want to help you test. (laughs) 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 And and I sincerely enjoy this story. Like, it's one of my favorite things about the VML. I also messaged the same player like two days ago and said, hey, I really need your help. This is what I think I'm going to play against. So it goes full circle. It's super uh, community building. We all have met so many cool people from the VML every season. So that was just a little snapshot of what it's, it's just a different space. You're not signing up to play five rounds, top eight, go home. It's yeah. a totally different world and one that I love a lot. What happens when you win the 10 week league? Great question. Um, so starting in season three, we reached out to Watsi uh, Wizards and we said, hey, we're pretty cool. Can you give us some stuff? <laughs> <laughs> No, that worked. Um, no, we we asked, you know, we we did some investigating, we figured out what what we can get, what we can ask for, et cetera, et cetera. And so one of the things we do get from starting in season three and until things change, uh, we have invites to the set championships. Oh awesome. I, I've written down here PT. I don't know if you want to start that debate, but I just told them we get a PT invite. We can take up that debate later, but that that's an incredible prize. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. Um it was pretty fun that in season three was our first season that we got the VML. Um, or sorry, got the invite. A little bit about me. I actually won season two. It was great. It was my greatest achievement. First of all, congrats. Yeah. Thanks. And then we got the invite to season three. And I was like, well, that's embarrassing. I should have won this season instead. Um, so I did. <laughs> so, oh my God. <laughs> so Called it. I won season three. Uh, and I've currently taken off, you know, a couple seasons, but I'm, I'm in the top 16 for season six, so we'll see. Uh, but I got really tricked by my opponent this week, so I don't know how long I'll still be in the in the season. But that's amazing. So you so it's stand it's is it standard this season yeah, still? Always it, it all of our big leagues are standard. Uh, we've done some smaller tournaments that are um, we tried historic. It, right. It, the wild cards is a huge huge commitment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the biggest problems we have with arena too, of course. Oh. I wanted to share one the thing, um, another thing that sets the VML aside is when you sign up to play on at a tournament, you sign up for you know a PTQ on Moto or something on uh, Melee. You tend to have the day committed. You're like, okay, well, I have to start at 8 a.m. I probably can't really make plans for the day because I in case I make top eight or whatever. Like it's it's a time commitment. Um, the VML has a pretty cool structure where you have one week to play your match. Um, and it's at your discretion to reach out to your opponent. So you can schedule it. You know, we have people in Australia, we have people over in Europe, we have North Americans, so we can have times that match. Um, we can also say like, oh, I work, you know, nights and so weekends is better for me. Like we just have a ton of flexibility built into when you play your match. Um, and this also leads to some pretty cool ways to test your matchup. So when you're playtesting for a normal tournament, you have to kind of have a well-rounded deck choice like oh i need to be able to beat this you know these five meta decks um and then you play some games maybe against all of them if you're if you have time in your life <laughs> but for the vml you only have to test one matchup each week mm, cool and it's great i i have thrived at that because i do not have a lot of time in my life does this 
league structure and the fact that people will sometimes have an entire week to to prepare for a match is this all facilitated through mtg melee or do you use any other you know tournament organizing structure or service to to help facilitate it that's a, that's a great question um so we've been doing this for six seasons we've had our ups and downs on what software works and what doesn't we actually got our start on match arena um well before anyone else decided to try match arena uh but all of, no matter where we get our signups, so we do do signups through Melee currently, mm-hmm. um, our structure is, is too unique. Our favorite saying is very unique. Uh, and no one can support a round robin 64 player tournament with a cut to top 24. It's just not a thing. So right. we've had to uh, grab some pretty awesome people from my community, from everyone's community, and help us build things that work. So our current website, vmlmtg.com, um, is built by a player in the community called Ryan MTG. Um, and it's, we fully, the, the, the tournament is fully run through our website. So the pods are developed the, each week when you submit your deck list and all the portals and everything a player sees, everything that you can see as an observer is all ran through our website that we're slowly developing. That's fantastic. I didn't realize that you had also yeah, put your foot into that as well. That's so cool. Oh yeah. And every week Ryan um, creates a new thing of our website and it's very fun for me. Um, so as like a, just a regular observer, you can go to the website, you can check where we're at in playoffs. You can see regular season, you can see deck lists if you want. And then as a player, I have my own portal login that shows me extra information, my player's arena name, their discord name, their time zones, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So pretty cool that it works both for us as the players and for people that want to check us out. That's incredible. It's built from scratch. Yeah. Awesome. I'm so jealous. I've always wanted a portal. <laughs> Dave won't let me get one. <laughs> Got to build your own. Yeah, exactly. I didn't say you couldn't build your own. I just said I wasn't going to buy you another one after you ruined the perfectly good first one I got you. So one of the other things that I think is really interesting about the VML is that it has a mentorship program. Uh, yeah. How does that work in tandem with the tournament series as well? So this season was our first attempt at a mentorship program. The main concept, it was co-chair Hayu, my, my partner's brainchild. And she basically just wanted to have a new players immediately someone they could talk to. Over the season, people tend to end up reaching out to people that play the same decks as them or, you know, other reasons. They're like, oh, this person is nice to talk to. That's cool. But... In general, she wanted newer players to have an immediate connection to say like, hey, how do I open my portal, for example, on the website? Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. how do I submit my deck list? Or what, oh my gosh, should I play? So she just asked for sign up. She just said, hey, here's a Google form if you want to be a mentee, so a new player, uh, or if you want to be a mentor. And she got exactly the equal number of both, <laughs> which is just wild. I don't know what her plan was if we didn't get that, but she got a balanced out number um, and she'd asked a bunch of kind of like a personality quiz question. And so she paired people up based on their answers. And yeah, the rest is kind of history. I have a mentee. They've provided me with great deck lists every week. Oh wait, that's not how that's supposed to work. <laughs> <laughs> but it is definitely how it worked early on in the seasons. They had some awesome spicy decks and I was like, I'm in. <laughs> like, let's go. Let's work this together. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was a fun, fun. Uh, my my deck list this, this season have been a lot of funny standalone, like 
I played Scoot Swarm week one, for example. Oh, great. Yeah. I really leaned into the, like, let's have fun this season, and it worked out, actually. I finished first in my division, <laughs> so. Nailed it. Yep. So the fact that you're on your sixth season, does that mean that we're in year six of the VML? Ha! No. I learned a crazy fact. At the end of 2020, we were, I think we had just finished season three or season four, and every season of the VML has been completed in either 2020 or 2021. We started January 2020. Oh, okay. And I, okay. I, I felt, I feel like the answer is yes. I feel like it has been six years, but yeah, yeah. it has not. So are you, how, how, what's this? So you're, you're closing in on the end of season six right now, right? Yep. So I'm looking at the round of 16. Um, do you want to, so you're still in it on the round of 16. Who else would you, do you, I mean, do you want to talk, call a shot for who you think is going to take it all the way this time? Or what do you think about this, about what's left in the, in the bracket? Yeah. Okay. So a little bit about just the top 16. So we mm -hmm. finished the Swiss or the round robin tournament before the holidays. And we kind of took a holiday break because we thought it was a bad time to be playing kind of playoff sure. magic. And the way it works is the top player from each division got, got a buy into the round of 16. And then the remaining 16 players had to play it out. So they played last week for the wild card round. Right. And so I haven't played since December. So <laughs> that's problem one. Problem two is my opponent's name is Julie Izzet mm -hmm. um, and has only registered Izzet for the entire season and previous seasons. <laughs> that's incredible. Wow. And Ju I have Julie Izzet. I want to say Julie Izzet, if you're listening, Stan and I see you. That is yes. what Stan and I do almost all the time well, by default, or at least back in the day, that's what we did too. But. Well, here's the thing. Anyway, okay. so I I have a black-red deck that I've been playing in the last couple of rounds of red, Round Robin that just annihilates the um, Epiphany decks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I had to make a decision that should I just play the deck I know will beat it, or on the like really small percentage that Julie switches, like how bad could it be? And it turns out it can be really bad. So I kept my black red deck, which I am in love with. And Julie is playing mono green. <laughs> wow. Um, and so my tournament life is likely to end on Saturday at 5 PM Pacific. <laughs> um, so therefore I guess I just want Julie to win the tournament. Like, yeah. Cause that means you came in second. Yeah. Right. I think right. I'm pretty sure that's how the logic works. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think with Julie, it had to have been very difficult for Julie to switch to mono green. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that Julie should win once she beats me. <laughs> so you don't feel good about the mono green matchup against vampires? Uh, well, it depends. A, if Julie's listening, and B, when this podcast comes out. But no, I, it's a little tougher, let's say, uh, when they have really big creatures. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I my my black red deck currently has four main deck dress and three main deck go blanks. So. Oh, that's gonna be really good against this creature list There's I'm looking at here. Burning hands in the sideboard. I'll be fine. Oh yeah. I'm on the plane. Game one. Whatever. It's amazing how I, I mean I I love the fact that it's that it's so worked out that you can do all this decision making in advance and have like you were saying have this kind of fun trying to get in oh, each other's heads while you're figuring out what to do a classic player like a pl classic like thing that a vml player will share like when we're chatting or at a grand prix or just hanging out will be like sunday evenings are the worst like mm -hmm. you're 
in a good way, but like the agonizing messages I get from friends being like, what do I submit? Like, here's the data. Here's what they've done. What do I do? Do I play mono white? If they play mono white, do I play mono green? Like, uh, that's a bad example, but it's every week you just get a bunch of messages being like, I don't know what to do. And so this weekend was very tough for me. Well, you know, I'm thinking about your deck now. You have some duress targets against Mono Green, right? Let's workshop this. Maybe you can get an Essex Chariot, Ranger class. Those are good gets. So, yes. But the issue is just like, when I'm doing that against Epiphany, their follow-ups are just like formatted draw twos. Yeah. But my, the Mono Green opponent is like, cool, you got rid of my Chariot. Follow-up, here's a Moose attacking you for four. <laughs> oh, I'll take two life to kill it. Thank you. Duh. So, you know... It's just going to be a little tough. That's all. That's fine. I haven't looked at a standard deck list in so long. I'm so thrilled that Ulanvald Oddity is a playable magic card in standard. I had no idea. It's it's such a cool card. I guess, so that one's on my list next to get eradicated to be a moose. But I'm I'm (laughs) focusing on Arboreal Grazer first. But, I mean, you can only manage so many things at once, right, right. so I mean, understand. Running a mail letter-writing campaign is expensive, so... Yeah, yeah. How many change.org petitions do you have going at any oh, given I time? I can't confirm nor deny. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think have been some of the big-picture successes of the VML as an organization and a league? And do you feel like it's been able to accomplish some of the goals that it originally set out to? Uh, yeah, so a little numbers game. When we started in Season 1, we had 24 players... Um, currently in our season six, we have 64 players that we had to cut out. Like we had a wait list, um, that we had to kind of say, sorry, we can only accommodate 64. Our current, you know, wish list or plan or future planning is like, how do we accommodate more than 64 players? Which is really not a problem I ever thought we would have. A very cool mm-hmm. problem to have. So growth wise, obviously that was pretty good achievement that we did. But the other big thing is just, it's not quite a common name since you guys didn't quite know what it was. But in general, I would say with Twitter and the you know majority of communities that I interact with, the VML is a thing that I can say and people will know that I'm t- what I'm talking about. Um, we also, one of the cool things was getting the PT invites starting in season three um, and being officially WotC sponsored this year as well. So we've, we've done a lot of things. I think this all... Those are all the number games, which is yeah. clearly my role in the partnership. I think the like how you answer is that it's representat- representation, like just more of us of marginalized genders playing these events leads uh, them to play other magic events and then they, they start to do well. Um, like uh, Hogpog or Aria as uh, an example of someone who's doing well in the VML, but also just, you know, in random other events on Melee um, and it set championships and stuff. So big fan of kind of what we've done there. And people can watch matches, right? Yeah. Don't you stream on Twitch? We do. We stream every week. We do recorded coverage. So how that works is we do a two-hour broadcast every Friday at 6 p.m. Pacific uh, at twitch.tv slash VMLMTG. We always have we have live casters that are participants in the VML. But we record. We ask four different matches to record and then we watch their match as casters so we provide it's live commentary but recorded matches and yeah we we cover a variety of storytelling throughout the se- the round robin event uh, whether it's cool deck lists or oh my god i can't show another epiphany deck you know, <laughs> yes. a variety of ways that we would choose deck lists 
Uh, and then, of course, the playoffs are, are solely, you know, who's going to take it all down. We also, you asked me earlier about prizes and I didn't answer you for some reason. I was like, oh, we got a PT thing. Uh, we actually have a lot of prizes. We have a cash pool, a prize pool of $3,500, which is pretty cool. But my favorite prize, the only reason I'm bringing this up is the winner of each season gets a token made in their liking by Inkling Customs. So we Sick. we uh, commission out Inkling Customs and so we get a token made. And I currently have a token, but I have decided that if I win again, I get a new token. So that is my motivation for this season. So we need to know what your token well, is. Well, my current token is a moose. It's an, oh. an elk token. And so awesome. my, my new token will be a sloth. Makes sense. Not, it's very, not very on brand. Not really something that's being made in Magic these days, but I'll work on it. It's a future-proof token. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know the name of the phenomenon, but it's one of those things where it's like, once you discover something, you start seeing it everywhere. And after we first met, and you for sure told me about the VML in Vegas, I started seeing basically everyone wearing VML hoodies and swag. Yeah. It's like the hottest new fashion item in the magic scene. Yeah. MTG Pro Shop slash VML. Matt, MTG? MTG? Yeah, VML MTG. There you go. Totally a link. It's, it is actually legitimately a link. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, um, th those are the Pro Shops that are put together by Legion Gaming, Legion Supplies, right? Yeah, so we contacted them. They print on demand for us, um, and we have a cute little storefront with them as well. Is there anything we didn't touch on or I didn't ask about the VML that, that you'd like us to before we move on to the Caroline and magic section. Oh, that's exciting. That's a cool section. Um, I'm a cool person. Um, <laughs> the VML. <laughs> One of the questions that you did have down was what's the future for the VML? And oh, yeah. One of the more stressful parts about running a 10 week long <laughs> league is the meeting at the end of the league, which is, hey, so what's our plan for next time? <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, and then the we used to have, you know, basically we'd finish the league. We'd all be like, okay, I don't want to see your faces for like three weeks. And then in three weeks time, we'd start sending messages, be like, should we do another one? What are we doing? We've changed a lot. We have a lot of consistency. We have a lot of sponsorship, sponsorship support from Wizards. So we are fairly locked into future seasons until the end of time and space. Or other things, you know. One of one of those two options. Uh, and our next, we we have season seven planned. It is ready to go. And then from beyond season seven, uh, we have plans to run them. It's just going to look a little different. Would be my guess. So. Well, I'm excited to see VML's future and to cheer on VML players in future PTs. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, I think I know who's on what side of the, which coin here. <laughs> yeah. All right, I want, I've been dying to talk about you as a competitor as well, outside of the VML and, and maybe outside of standard too, just because we're, Dave and I are pretty detached from whatever is happening in standard and on arena for the most part. What? Why would you ever choose not to play <laughs> arena? We tried and then they put all these weird digital cards in the format yeah. that we were playing and we were like, wait, what happened? I thought that my... Mono Blue Spirits deck was okay. Yeah, it's been it's been interesting to turn on Arena and be like, oh, I haven't played Historic. Wait, what does this card do? Right. <laughs> it gets a card from where? <laughs> like, <laughs> what is Seek again? Yeah. Yeah, it's been it's been challenging. 
Yeah, I'm also mad that they they still haven't banned Brainstorm. They just suspended it, and they're like holding my wild cards hostage. Oh my god, I don't even like literally a can of worms that you just opened. But I got the styles to Omnath when it first came out, like the fancy styles. It's beautiful. It's like one of my favorite arts. And then they suspended it in Historic after banning mm-hmm. it in Standard. So I actually submitted a ticket to the website and I was like, I would like a refund for this style. And they're like, sorry, we can't do that. It's currently suspended. <laughs> I was on. so bad. I was like, just give me like 500 gems. Give me 200 gold. I don't even care. If you give me anything, I would just feel so much better than the fact that it's Gosh. suspended. I, I was very sad about it for a while. I think it's been officially banned though. So I got my, my stuff back. But That's good. It was yeah. funny. I do have the, I, I did spring for the nice Omnaths in paper for, for, uh, you know, I have the full art ones or oh, whatever. I'm so jealous. I, I don't own magic cards. Um, my, my Sam party is the owner of my magic cards and he does not like the styles and the cool <laughs> arts. So we, I'm not allowed to have them. Aww. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> it makes me sad. So, um, as far as kind of what other things that you're doing outside the VML, you know, you and Stan, as we were talking about, met in Vegas at the Modern Tournament. You talked a little bit about how Modern was the, the format that you go back to often. How did you, you know, just to start talking about, you know, recent uh, Modern, how did you end up playing Cascade in that event? Yeah, I uh, not been play- playing Modern for a while due to a variety of reasons. Um, we had heard of some cool, like, 2Ks and 1Ks in the Denver area that I, you know, wanted to check out. And I was like, Sam, what what do I even do with my life? And we looked at the elementals list. He had, you know, during the pandemic, he'd been slowly collecting the cards that you need, aka Modern Horizons 2. Um, mm-hmm. And so we didn't, we weren't far off from having that list. So I was like, okay, I'll just try it a couple 1Ks. Um, and ultimately the deck is fun, I think card availability is was a huge factor for that tournament like Mm -hmm. if i had just got to sit in front of a store and say okay i want to buy this deck instead i probably should have switched off right i was gonna say team or rhinos which is i guess what it is (laughs) i don't know but um i should have switched off the cascade deck before the tournament because i wasn't doing as well with it anymore and it wasn't Mm. like didn't have as many cool choices as I kind of as other decks did when you could only play CMC three or above cards in your deck you do lose the ability to make some some cool choices so um I'm, I'm happy I went to the tournament I had a great time I think ultimately I would have preferred to have a different deck but card availability is a serious challenge right now what would you have switched to if you could have uh I mean in hindsight I've been really loving the mono red um uh, I, I don't know what the best way to call it is like the mono red um, Ragavan deck with the Blood Moons and the Chandras. Yeah. That's been my jam. Um, I don't quite know if that deck was as known for that tournament, so I'm not really sure if, if that was an option, but that is the deck I've been really liking a lot. So. Is that the Obosh kind of yeah, the list? Obosh one, yeah. Prowess, some people call it. Well, my version only has Swiss Spears. Oh, okay. So I, I never know what to call it call it i guess the chandra mono red chandra but also is white it has prismatic endings so. yep i was gonna say so i i actually saw that you tweeted about taking that to your store championship and then i did the same 
Nice. basically and i took very close to the same list i didn't you, i think you won yours is that right I, lo- I made the top eight and then the top eight was time spiral draft time ah. spiral remastered draft so i did not do well in that part. that's that's quite a curveball but that but a lot of fun i'm i'm sure for the uh, tournament yeah I, I also managed to top eight nice. with it and um so thank you for inspiring me to take that with me to the tournament because <laughs> i i actually super love prowess is it prowess was kind of my jam for a long time and then I uh, was feeling kind of sad. And then I started seeing people pick up this mono red kind of thing with Chandra. And I, I really enjoyed playing that deck too. Yeah, that's, I'm still playing this. I have a league on my Moto account right now that's just that deck. It's just, it's still fun. It's still good. That's fantastic. I should switch back to it. I've been, I was convinced by watching people on Twitter for a while that the, um, the Luracy version instead was, was better. And I tried it, but I didn't have as much success as I did with Chandra's and Blood Moon's main, you know? Gotta gotta love the Blood Moon's main. Pretty mm-hmm. fun. I feel like, Caroline, if you had played that deck in Vegas, it would have been the actual juke of the century since that Friday tournament was the first day that Crimson Val cards were oh, legal. Oh, right, yeah. It was like release day. So it must not so, have been available then, yeah. Yeah, you would have had to, I don't know, find your way to a bunch of pre-releases the week before and opened a few boxes. I opened a Chandra in this in the limited version of that tournament. Oh, awesome! I ultimated Chandra in limited four times that day. It did not make day two. <laughs> so oh no! That, no. that tells you how Sad. that went. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. I love Chandra is one of my favorite cards that's been pr- recent cards oh, that's yeah. been printed. Though, that card like, is so cool. Yeah. Two pluses. What could be wrong? <laughs> exactly. And the and the minus the ultimate is not that hard to get to. And and it's very powerful. powerful. Very yeah. Powerful. When was the last time you played? Tron. Ooh, great Do you want to talk about the state of Tron, or is it too sensitive to bring up, given so, where it's at in the metagame? I can tell you that during the 2020 pandemic, because I feel like they're kind of two separate things these days. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. During the 2021, I just I was earning like store credit on random, like random melee tournaments, and I just was building up the store credit. So I just started building Tron in paper, and I don't own a Tron deck. Well, I do now, but I didn't at the time. And I was so proud of myself. I was like, I got a modern deck, and I kind of christmas of 2020 i was like i did it i completed my my modern deck and then well <laughs> and then i never got to play it i think i have officially not played with my modern deck that i built my tron deck um it really says about i guess two years I guess. probably Ve- uh, gp vegas 2019 mm-hmm. the one in it was like august yeah it's been a while yeah Stan, you also built Tron during 2020. Is that true? That is true. Yeah. So yeah. when wow, Double really Masters came out, <laughs> we really. But are. wait, you and I both like the red deck, so I don't know. I mean, I I can. We like can all be friends. It's fine. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Yeah, it was when when Karn got reprinted, and mm. and Double Masters basically was Tron the set. I was like, well, it's really cheap right now. I think I built it for like four or five hundred bucks. And I wasn't going out in the middle of the pandemic, so I had all this extra discretionary income. So it felt. So yeah, I, I guess I haven't really played it anywhere either. It's like still the sleeves are practically pack fresh. I have a tangent about my Tron lands, if you're interested. Of course, that's why we invited you. It's it's really for the tangents. Okay, so I when I played Tron for a variety of tournaments, I always borrowed my friend uh, Gabby's deck. And I kind of said, like, hey, I should probably start building my own deck. And so I mentioned this to my boyfriend at the time. And I was like, hey, 
I was like, hey, I, I think I want to start filming Tron. So fast forward to Valentine's Day that year. He gives me uh, a present, which is Tron lands. And they're very beautiful. Um, I realize you can't see them, but <laughs> follow me. But we can hear them. I can actually hear them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> uh, so they are... Oh, goodness. I'm really bad at sets. Uh, they are black-bordered Japanese uh, Tron lands. Wow. Um, and... The first art is, I'm going to try my best to describe it. So it's a the classic tower with the sunset. Um, so that's a, a tower, right? Then the second one is the bug power plant. Mm-hmm. Okay, can we picture that one? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the third one I don't have anymore because it was also four power plants. So for Valentine's Day one year, he got me four towers and eight power plants. <laughs> because they were in Japanese and he got like he just got mixed up with the arts and so I didn't notice because I'm going to tell you I also didn't know the arts very well and so I took a picture of them I was showing some friends and someone was like Caroline those aren't mines like those are power plants (laughs) so um, (laughs) we had to you know make some last minute adjustments and I now own four (laughs) Japanese uh, black border mines they're the tower mines but mm-hmm. they're still nice the uh, the art for the, those original arts for the urza lands were definitely confusingly named sometimes like there's definitely a power plant that just looks like sort of a kettle right you know and the and the bug kind of makes sense but then like you said there's a mine that has a tower and it's like well which one is this i remember playing with those as a teenager and was like what what is what are these things? And of course, they had four different ones. It was one of the first times they tried that. Then they said they weren't going to do multiple arts, and now we're back to multiple arts, which I think is fun. But yeah, um, that's awesome. But yeah, so that is my that that is the story of how I, you know, tried to cheat at Tron tournaments by just having <laughs> eight copies of Power Plant. Could you imagine how consistently I would have a Power Plant in my hand? Yeah, it would be amazing. Small issue in whether or not I'd have a mine, but different problem. I mean, if you can't read Japanese, you can't prove that it's not the card that you name. Yeah, I guess I could just always say, oh, well, I have a power plant, so this one's a mine. <laughs> right. That's how this works. Yeah. I mean, the days of Tron maybe aren't totally over. We were just talking on the episode that we recorded this week that I came in second place in the Sunday Modern Challenge. I did actually hear that. I have like a bat signal set up for every time yeah. that happens. <laughs> I'm kidding. But I did, I did hear that it came second. Um, which is exciting. I'm still Most there. interesting thing to me about that right now is that they had a main deck Sundering Titan actually in there. Did they have a main deck Kozilek too? Co- well, or was it Kozilek's usually in the main, but it was in the sideboard replaced by the Titan. Yeah. The I assume that's pretty good for money pile, right? <laughs> Just blow up all their stuff. All the lands. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting it's in the main. Do they also have one in the side to get it with Karn? They did. Okay, okay. I was like, yeah. kind of is less consistent in the main, but okay, that makes yeah. sense. So just before the new year, you also made the top 32 of a Pioneer Challenge. And I feel like a lot of the players that I follow on Twitter and just kind of generally respect have been talking a lot about how great Pioneer is right now. I'm curious if you feel this way too. And I'm guessing probably since you played in a challenge, but maybe you lost a bet. <laughs> So, so a little bit about me. I like I legitimately love playing Magic, and the challenges in West Coast time because I'm currently in Vancouver, Canada. the The timing of them are quite annoying. Um, mm. But I actually love the 2 p.m. challenge, 
which I have learned recently, basically nobody does. Mm-hmm. And so I look forward to a day, like a Saturday or a Sunday, where I have time to play a challenge, but I don't usually have time in the morning. So it's like, oh, it's almost 2 p.m. Like, what, what challenge can I play today? And so this particular case that you're talking about, I just had time and there was a pioneer challenge going on. And so I just went on to Goldfish and was like, hey, what? what's going on in Pioneer these days? And I have had a blast with Minota in other formats. And it's just my eyes are drawn to the deck list. I was like, let's go. And so fired up the Minota. I doubt that it is the best thing you can do in Pioneer these days, but it is sure a heck of a lot of fun. Um, One of the highlights from that deck, I think, is worth mentioning is other Minota decks in the past tend to be very all in, Um, you know, just trying to get a Minota in attack. Whereas this is just a value deck, like it's just a classic kind of Naya mid-range that has a, a fun extra, oops, you didn't kill Winota win, win point, I guess. But there's nothing broken, like you're not comboing, you're not, you know, taking extra turns or anything like that. So you're just having a good time. And I liked it. Have you not played Pioneer since then? Was it just kind of a fluke because you happened to be free when a tournament was firing? Yeah, unfortunately, that is that is how it it is. I did notice that the MTG or the Mana Traders event this month, this month is Pioneer. Mm-hmm. Um, I noticed enough to remember it started yesterday, and I have thought about considering maybe playing. <laughs> Those are great events. My, I love the Mana Traders event. My only problem is it turns out deadlines and like structure is really important to my life so being told i have 25 days to make like to open moto and play these games it's like okay cool and then it's like day 26 i'm like ah crap (laughs) i missed it like it happens every month basically so i have noted that it started yesterday and that it's pioneer and then i thought about what what decks i would play but unfortunately i have not played that much pioneer from a higher level of magic in general what do you think of the current state of some of these non-rotating quote-unquote constructed formats because you know you kind of you've made a jab at mh2 block constructed which i think a lot of modern players definitely feel they may or may not like it but i think it's kind of you know indisputable that the format has turned into that a little bit do you feel like the gameplay is still at least fun regardless of what you know, sets influence some of these higher level competitive formats? Yeah, so ultimately I think there are too many formats in the kindest feedback I can give. Um, I was looking at, I was on Goldfish and I was looking at all the the options to pick what format and I was like, I'm pretty sure like a year ago there were like six headers. And, and I actually legitimately had this thought, I was like, man, I wonder if the like website coders at Manitrader or at MTG Goldfish are running out of space. Like yeah. I legitimately had that thought. I was like, man, it must be hard to always fit in all these new, they have to build a whole new page. And then, like there are so many formats. Um, and I think that actually it's diluting the information that's out there on each format because there just aren't as many events happening for, you know, when you have 10 formats to choose from, <laughs> there's just less events, there's less data to see. Um, which maybe is a good thing, but for me, because I love looking at deck lists, it's not as fun. <laughs> um, yeah. I was preparing for a historic event, and there was literally not a single deck list I could find. I had to, I had to make up my own deck list. That's not true. I went to Twitter, but <laughs> <laughs> that's where everybody. I went to I mean, fire that's the right place. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. But in general, I'm noticing that with all these extra formats, there are just less 
options to choose from for information on the format. That being said, I, I do make a jab at MH2 constructed all the, or block constructed all the time, but I'm referring mostly to card availability as the problem to that format and not the gameplay. I really love modern. I have in the last two years, I have not played Moto other than trying to get QPs or play in a PTQ, except the last month where I cannot stop playing modern leagues to just play the mono red deck. Like, I, wow. I played it on Saturday for no reason. I had many other things I should be doing, but instead I fired it up and was just playing it. So that ha like that doesn't happen for me personally. I'm very motivated by a reason to be playing Magic. I don't have a reason to be playing this, but I love it. So I don't think that that's affecting the format, but I think what's affecting the format is just too many formats. Mm. <laughs> so. that, that's interesting because I know lately people are talking about whether or not standard should be sunsetted altogether because of popularity and and whether or not it's particularly healthy in the way they're designing cards these days though i don't know if i've heard people talk about there being too many formats i'm usually the one who's saying like throw make more formats you'll find an audience magic keeps growing somehow some way yeah i i don't know i I think this is mostly, I think the straw for me was alchemy. Mm -hmm. I'm legitimately having a hard time understanding what's legal in historic now that alchemy is a thing. Like it's, it has actually been breaking my brain. Um, and this is not the first time I've had that problem with historic. Like we had the jumpstart problem. We had, um, I'm missing one. There's another set that was just for historic. Well, there was the Strixhaven, the mystical archives made mystical some problems archives. as well, even though that it wasn't was a whole sat right it was 30 cards or 40 cards some or whatever weren't but in historic and some were like uh, like yeah yeah it's every time i turn on the program i just like turn on arena i just have to readjust and i'm totally fine to do that i love magic i do love arena unlike other people here in this call um and so i'm willing to do that but i think i'm just starting to be like well this is like the fourth time i've had to do it like am i still yeah. willing to do it so alchemy has been the straw for me and I've, I think I've given each format a fairly good shake. Like I play a lot of standard. I've played a lot of historic. I have played a lot of pioneer, not this year, but in the past mono green ramp was my favorite pioneer deck. I obviously play a lot of modern and then, you know, legacy and vintage are out of my current access for cards. But, you know, I have a, I have a goblins deck in legacy. <laughs> so I have, I think I have a fair assessment of like, I have tried and played all these formats and I'm, I'm running out of energy and excitement and i think i'm a pretty excited person so if i'm running out of enthusiasm that's my concern it's like who else is running out of enthusiasm yeah i totally agree i keep it, it it's the arena factor so i i, I really want to like arena mm -hmm. but like and i liked historic like i said before Strixhaven Strixhaven came out that was sort of what felt like when it started to become a totally different thing to me but arena has just added so many different angles and so many different card pools that you have to track I, I totally agree that it's been it's been tough to keep up with that or want to stay engaged and I do think it's a little confusing to people yeah I think just quickly like full circle looping back one of my favorite <laughs> things about the VML is yes the format's standard and to people that aren't aware of you know what's going on in our league that's like, oh crap, it's just, you know, mono green and is it all bad? But when you look at deck lists, I think when you get to play with people for 10 weeks long, 10, 10 weeks of the, the league, you realize almost no one plays the meta decks and they become meta in themselves. So there, 
that has kept standard interesting for me. And I think maybe that's why I like it so much. And then when I go into the other formats like Alchemy or Historic, I'm forced into this like, just kidding, you can only play the best deck here. And I'm like, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> and and maybe maybe that's why I'm kind of off the, the number of formats. All right, Caroline, that was so much fun. I can talk to you all day, but I think my wife wants to go watch some HBO Sunday night programming with me, so I need to get out of here before I get into trouble. I gotta ask, where can people find all of your content and personality online? You're one of my favorite people to follow on Twitter in general, and I want more people to, especially within the Dive Down Nation, to make sure that they're checking out your stuff, both the VML and the Mighty Linguini. Uh, yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at Mighty Linguini, M-I-G-H-T-Y-L-I-N-G-U-I-N-E. You can find me on twitch.tv slash the Mighty Linguini. Uh, there's a character limit on Twitter. Um, I, stream, <laughs> I stream on Twitch on Wednesdays. Um, my like stream shtick, my like gimmick, is that I always have someone from the magic community, but we very rarely play magic. Um, so currently I'm playing through It Takes Two, but that's kind of my, my gimmick. It's been going on for a couple of years now. I just love hanging out with people from magic community, but I found out that players, people don't really like playing magic that much sometimes. <laughs> so play a lot of community games, a lot of, uh, uh, two player games, um, silly, fun environment for sure. Uh, and then the VML can be basically any information can be found at, uh, vmlmtg.com and you can email me at caroline at vmlmtg.com oh you got your own vanity email address dude we branded so hard this season <laughs> it's like my biggest achievement we have vmlmtg across the whole platforms it was it, it, i worked really hard on it <laughs> it was good that's awesome and um so season six is wrapping up with the vml if people want to keep an eye out for season seven i imagine they can do that on your twitter or on um on vml's twitter yeah vml has twitter as yep. well vml mtg yeah and so you know i'm sure there'll be some discussion about how people can apply and, and things like that to get on the waiting list potentially for the league when that time comes totally. and we'll include links to all of this in the show notes of this episode as well so just click on more info on your podcast app or wherever you're listening to this amazing content but that does wrap up this bonus episode. Caroline, thank you again. This was such a pleasure. So much fun chatting with you. I think you're one of the good ones. Mm -hmm. And we were thrilled to have you on the dive down. Yeah, I, I did want to say thanks for both uh, chatting with me in Vegas, um, playing the best island in the game, though island is the worst card in the game, um, <laughs> and uh, inviting me on here. This was super great. You are pretty well organized, and I was pretty jealous. So... Thank you. you. You can copy and paste our notes template. That was Dave's doing. Dave is our branding guru. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It, it. it legitimately made me feel very comfortable coming onto your show. There was a lot of information that I didn't have to ask and provided pretty cleanly and, and a really nice environment to chat with both of you. So thanks. Oh, thank Great. You. We appreciate it. All right. Everyone else out there, if you haven't yet, make sure that you follow Caroline wherever books are sold and other content can be found on the internet and if this is your first time listening to the dive down make sure you subscribe to get the latest episodes as soon as they come out every week 
If you use Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and review. And now you can leave stars on Spotify, which is a nice new feature that we encourage all of our listeners to do. If you'd like to submit a question to The Dive Down or just reach out in general, you can tweet us at The Dive Down, all one word, email thedivedown at gmail.com, or even submit an audio message that could appear on a future episode of The Dive Down over at podinbox.com slash thedivedown. If you'd like to support our show, you can join the Patreon over at patreon.com slash thedivedown. You can also support us while playing Magic with a Mana Trader subscription. Use coupon code THEDIVEDOWN2022, all one word, and get 15% off your first two months of renting Magic online cards. As always, special thanks to the bands Nowhere and Spaceblood for letting us use their music. And until next week, long live the mighty Linguini! just in case okay it's so one of the questions you had in the beginning is is basic intro details about caroline right yeah it's like how did you get into magic what do you do outside of magic you didn't ask that but the next question is a big deal and i can't believe we skipped it caroline i gotta ask what's it like being canadian so i was preparing the show notes ahead of time because i'm a very good guest and I got to this question, I'm sitting alone in my room, and I literally start laughing out loud. Like, I cannot handle, I don't know how to answer this question. So I actually asked my Discord how to answer this question. So I'm just going to provide you with the answers that they provided with me. So one of the suggestions was cold. So what's it like to be Canadian? The answer is cold, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is, <laughs> well, I didn't pre-read this. It's like, it's like American, except that... We are better than America. <laughs> That's basically the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one is covered in cheese and gravy. That's not true, but that is an answer I could have provided. It's only certain portions. Yeah. Wait, is, is there cheese and um, poutine? Because I'm assuming that's a poutine reference. Yes. Yeah, it's, yeah, there's cheese, cheese curds. curds. Cheese curds, yeah. Okay. You know, one thing we have in common with Wisconsin? Yep, Wisconsin. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, I really, really enjoyed that question, and I was upset that it got skipped you know what we're, we're gonna put that in we're well maybe we'll have it as a post roll or yeah. some kind of bonus track at the at the end or uh, a little easter egg but we'll, we'll get it in